Okay, so today we're going to talk about what it takes to actually build muscle or maintain muscle. Now, this is a topic that's not just for 40 to 60-year-old women. It is really for anybody who is interested in building muscle at any age. So let's get into it. So the first thing you need to be aware of is that in order to build muscle, what you need to be doing is pushing your muscles a little bit more than what they've been doing before. And this causes adaptations in the muscle. And this makes a lot of sense. If you think about like, if you were going to train for a marathon, what would you do? You would practice running and all the time you would run a little bit more and that would become easier because you've run farther and then you'd run a little bit farther and that gets easier and so on and so forth. And it's the exact same principle when you're talking about muscles. So you want to push your muscles to like their limit, which will signal to your body that, hey, we maybe don't have quite enough strength right now to manage what this person needs in everyday life. And so therefore we need to put on some more muscle mass. And if you keep doing that over time, it's like this adaptations that your body is doing gradually to grow your muscles and build your strength. So that concept really is progressive overload, right? You're progressively pushing your muscles to the point where they're like a little bit overloaded, a bit on the uncomfortable side. So how do you apply progressive overload? Probably the easiest way to explain progressive overload is to think about rep ranges. So when you're weight training, you will be given a rep range for a particular exercise. Let's say it's six to 10 reps. So in the beginning of doing the exercise with a particular weight, let's let's use some numbers just to make it a bit more concrete. So let's say you are doing bicep curls and you're able to do them with a three kilo weight uh, six times. So you're at the bottom of your rep range. You're able to do six bicep curls with good form. Okay, so that's the bottom of the range. So the next time you go in to do bicep curls, you try to do seven. And the next time you try to do eight. And so each time you try to do one more rep and at the point where you get to the top of your rep range. So in our example, we had the 10 reps. So when you get to the point where you can do 10 reps of your bicep curls with good form, then you're ready to add some more weight to again, push your muscle. So then if you were using the three kilo weights, then you might move up to four kilos or maybe four kilos is too much and you might move up to three and a half, but some amount that you're comfortably, well, not comfortably well, but you're able to do six reps with good form once again. And then you start again, building and building and building from there. So that's a, a very straightforward way to apply progressive overload. And by the way, I want to point out that uh, it's pretty important for you to be able to apply progressive overload that you are tracking what you're doing. Because for example, if you're doing a program where you're doing three sets of those bicep curls and you're doing them twice a week, you're not going to remember like, oh, how many did I do last time? Did I do all three sets with, you know, the, the, uh, that many reps with that weight. And so it's going to be very difficult for you to make sure that you're applying progressive overload unless you're actually tracking what you're doing. And the other point is that you're doing the same program for an extended period of time. 
So, so that was the first factor, which is applying progressive overload. The idea that you're constantly challenging your muscles to do a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Okay. And factor number two. So, and this goes kind of hand in hand with this progressive overload is that you need to be training close to failure. Uh, So what is failure? So failure is when you get to the point of doing, let's say, let's stick with the bicep curls. You're doing those bicep curls and you just, you know, cannot get that last rep done. Like your arm stops halfway up. Okay. You're, you're, you've gone to failure. Now, uh, you don't actually need to get to the point that you fail (laughs) while doing that last rep. When you've gotten a little bit of experience with doing weight training, you can pretty much tell like, do I have it in me to do one more or do I not? Right. And so you want to get close to that failure point, maybe where you've got one, two, or even three reps in reserve. That's what they call it. RIR reps in reserve. Um, and that means that you're training with a high enough intensity that you are going to stimulate your muscles to grow. So basically, if you were just doing, you know, really far from failure, you are not going to see that kind of progress and you're not going to be able to progressively overload your muscles. So you need to be training close to failure or to failure. You know, I do feel like it is a good idea to actually go to failure on some exercises just so you learn kind of where your limit is. Now, I'm not saying push yourself so that you pull your muscles or hurt yourself, and you definitely need to choose which exercise you would even go ahead and do that on. Because let's say like a back squat, I would not be like testing my failure (laughs) point with a back squat, especially if I am training alone, because there you could actually hurt yourself. But a bicep curl is pretty safe to be testing to failure. You know, if your arm is not going all the way up, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? It'll straighten and then you'll put down the dumbbell. So so there's not much danger there in testing what it is like to go to failure. Now, personally, I'd like to train to failure quite a bit and I don't find it at all painful. I do fairly short sets because I'm really looking for like power and strength um, adaptations. And when I train to failure, yeah, can't get the arm up and that's that. But I know that for different people, it can feel a little bit different. So anyway, it'd be really interesting to hear how training to failure or close to failure feels for you, because I know that some people, they find it more uncomfortable than other people do. It's a bit individual. Okay, so we've gone through the first two, which was progressive overload and training to failure. If you're enjoying this episode and don't want to take notes, I actually have the perfect solution for you. Go download my five things you need to do to build muscle. It's a freebie, which summarizes the points in this podcast. You can find it at www.befitafter40.com slash build muscle.
Now, the third thing which really relates to these two is what kinds of exercise you're doing. So if you now think back at those two topics that we just discussed, it becomes pretty clear that you're not going to be able to apply those two principles if you're doing, let's say, um, I don't know, a group fitness circuit class or or a pump class or something like that, because you're actually not counting how many reps you're doing. You're not making sure that you're going to failure. You don't have that kind of control over, okay, now we're changing, you know, now I'm going to go to uh, close to failure and now I'm going to swap which exercise I'm doing. So it really muscle building lends itself best to an environment where you are actually weight training at a gym or at home and using weights and and tracking and and doing the progressive overload and, and these kinds of things. I feel like I didn't explain that very well, but <laughs> anyway. So and and things like yoga and and other exercises. Yes, I I would agree that if you go to yoga, you are going to get stronger. You're going to notice that you know, you're going to have more like push-up strength and, and these kinds of things. It will happen, you know, when you've been doing yoga long enough, you'll get stronger. But I would still say that you're going to do that a lot faster if you were, for example, just doing push-ups at home or bench pressing or something like that, where you're consistently, you know, applying progressive overlay overload and pushing your muscles close to failure. And actually, I like to use the term resistance training because you can apply these principles of progressive overload and training close to failure with a lot of different kind of tools. So you can do body weight exercises. There are a lot of people who are really into that, like the ones who do the street workouts and and all that. And oh my God, they are really strong and they have great muscles. Um, you can also use dumbbells, you can use barbells, you can use machines at the gym, you can use rubber bands. Uh, I, yeah, if you don't have anything else, then yeah, rubber bands. But you can understand when you think about like the progressive overload that it's hard for you to know like, okay, so where exactly did I hold the rubber band this week? And how can I hold it a little bit closer next week so that it has even more resistance than it did this week, if you get my point. So the rubber bands are harder to work with, with that. Uh, and then there are some other issues that I won't go into here. So, you know, if you only have rubber bands, okay, use the rubber bands. But if you have access to something else, then that's most likely going to be more effective as far as building up your strength and your muscles. Now, then... <laughs> The other part of building muscles actually is stuff that happens outside of the gym. So one very critical thing to understand is that muscles are not actually built in the gym. You are in the gym stimulating muscle growth, right? And then it's after you've been in the gym that the building actually happens. Stimulation is the workout. Growth happens after the workout. So you need recovery. It is key. Uh, recommendation is 48 hours between training the same muscle again. 
So you give it a chance to really recover and to grow as much as it's going to grow from that workout that you gave it. So this is another point where, you know, if you're doing a lot of classes, fitness classes nowadays, it's super popular to be training your glutes. So if you're going to these, you know, even if they're aerobics classes, a lot of times they're doing different exercises for your glutes. So you may end up training, like overtraining your glutes, not giving them a chance to recover and actually grow. So you may actually make more progress by doing less glute workouts. But for sure, at least the 48 hours between training the same muscle group again, uh, that is somewhat individual. There have been some studies showing that women recover faster uh, also that with age, your recovery may slow down. I personally uh, have found that three days off between training the same muscle group again works really well for me. So I do like lower body Monday, upper body Tuesday, I take Wednesday off, then, you know, I go for lower body, upper body and, and so forth. So, and I don't mind if I miss like an extra day in there, I find that sometimes I go back really a lot stronger. So there's the recovery aspect of it. And then finally, there is the nutrition aspect, right? So one thing is that a lot of women, especially in the States, are under eating. And if you are not getting enough calories, you know, in general, so you're in a calorie deficit, it is going to be harder for you to build muscle. Now, if you're brand new to muscle building, then you are probably in this sweet spot where, you know, this newbie gains sweet spot where you can actually build muscle while you're losing weight. So that could last like a year, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, but you do need to fuel your muscle growth. The one thing you will need, so even if you are in a calorie deficit, if you're in this newbie phase, make sure that you're eating enough protein. Because muscles are actually made from amino acids, which you get into your body by consuming protein. Uh, and if you don't have amino acids, then what are you going to build from? It's, try, it's like trying to build a house, a brick house, and you got no bricks. You know, it's not going to happen. And you need to be very consistent about eating this protein because amino acids are one of those things that unlike, you know, fat and other kind of energy, uh, you don't store them in your body. So your body takes in the amino acids, breaks them down, but there's no like place to store them. Okay. They just use them or they break them down. So it is really important that you are eating protein every day. I try to do it and recommend that you eat protein at every meal because the amount of protein that you should be eating, you know, to ideally to build muscle uh, is somewhere around one gram per pound of body weight. Yeah. So that's actually quite a bit of protein. If you tried to get that in, in one meal, you'd be like gagging at the amount of protein that you need to eat. So make sure that you are structuring your meals around your proteins. So in the morning, for example, I have two eggs and I have Greek yogurt. Uh, I have a snack in the middle of the day. That's cottage cheese. Uh, for dinner, I make sure that I have some kind of protein like um, chicken, ground beef, uh, pork, something. Tuna is also a very good source of protein. And then after my workout, I actually have like a protein shake, a whey protein shake to make sure that I'm getting a 
extra boost of protein because after the workout, your body can absorb that protein better. This has been shown in women. So I have like a shot, like really a big shot of protein right after my workout. And then when I get home, I have my normal dinner, which will have protein and carbs and fats and all, everything. Yeah. So make sure that you are also remembering to fuel your muscle growth. So those are basically the, the main things that you need to be really aware of when you are trying to build muscle. You have the progressive overload to keep challenging your muscles to do a little bit more and a little bit more. You want to train close to failure. And the way I think of it is that it's really those last you know, three to five reps before failure, which are the ones that stimulate your muscles. So, you know, when you're having that trouble lifting in those last reps, just encourage yourself on that. Like, come on, come on, come on. These are the ones where, where the magic happens. So just keep pushing yourself to do them. You want to make sure that you're doing the right kind of exercises. So get yourself a good program and follow it, do the tracking all the things. If you need help with that, reach out, happy to help. Then there is the things that you do after your training. In other words, you want to make sure you have enough recovery days. I actually recommend that two days a week, you don't train, you don't go to aerobics, you don't go to the weight room, you take walks and then eating enough protein. So I think if you've got those basics down, you should be seeing results from your weight training workouts. If you want more information on the benefits of weight training, then definitely check out episode number two. And then I also discuss how it is that weight training is building your muscles in the muscle biology episode, which was episode number four. So I recommend those two as good uh, additional info for anybody that has watched this or listened to this podcast. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, I would love, love, love to hear from you. <laughs> this podcasting is kind of an interesting world because it's like you put out these podcasts and it's, you you don't hear anything back. There's no way to like like or comment or anything on your podcasts. So really, I appreciate any kind of feedback that you want to give, any ideas, any questions, anything like that. It's nice to know that someone out there is getting something out of this. Uh, you can reach out to me always in Instagram, BeFitAfter40 uh, with Lynn, or on my website, www uh, .befitafter40.com. All the links are in the bio. And until next time, happy training. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review. And please tell a friend. It would really mean the world to me. See you next time.